for some reason, it seems like particularly in business, we talk about mentoring and mentorship, but we don't really do a very good job of it corporately, in my experience. We sort of forget that we succeed as a team. We forget that we need other perspective and people to call us out on our blind spots. And the other thing that is maybe a wake-up call to your point of slowing down, maybe this is a little cliche, but I love, I, I always love hearing it is we'll talk about the difference between being a human being mm-hmm. and a human doing. We're so caught up, certainly in our society, of doing and people who have succeeded so far as doing that in a lot of ways, the path to start to explore yourself and start to question a lot of things that may change your behaviors and your outlook come with slowing down, come with sitting with yourself, finding space, turning off the distractions, breathing. Meditation is a technique. There's so much insight that comes from just sitting and being rather than doing. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin. And I'm so glad to have you with me today, as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you, and I've got a great episode for you today. But real quick, I want to know, have you have you ever watched The Voice Formula, which is my free video series? If you haven't, you want to make sure you sign up for that. You can go over to the website, CaptivateTheRoom.com. Sign up. It'll give you three videos that will get just packed with voice technique that you can implement right away and start making a bigger impact with your message. Now, today I've got a really special guest. Michael Bullock is with me today, and I met Michael when I was a guest on his podcast, The Man of Mastery. And I loved my conversation with him so much. I thought, wow, this... This is so aligned with what I do. This this man really gets it. And then I thought, you know, I really think my audience would love to hear from him. Totally different spaces we work in, but very aligned in our messages. Let me tell you a little bit about Michael. He's a father, husband, author, and corporate consultant, specializing in business strategy process and technology for startups and growth stage businesses as well as large enterprise transformation projects. See, totally different. By all standards, he's been highly successful with degrees from a top university followed by an MBA. He's worked at major global firms and has been a leading part of several successful startups. But at the age of 30, he sustained a crippling back injury requiring surgery with no certainty of a cure. Along with the physical side, Everything else slid from there. He went from a very active lifestyle with an intense sports to learning pain management. Over time, by research and personal trial and error, he made adjustments to nutrition and supplementation, discovered chiropractic, and ventured into yoga. 
eventually clawing his way back to a normal level of life, work, fitness, and activity. But as recently as a few years ago, launching another startup, he felt like everything was once again buzzing along, but something wasn't quite right. He was still feeling out of balance. Outwardly, perhaps the success was there, but at best, it was highly imbalanced and in reality needed a wholesale change in approach. And that led him on the path to the work that he does today. And we're going to talk all about that. I know you're going to love this interview. So let's head on over to the show. Michael, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. Looking forward to it. Yeah, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. And I guess the best place to start is tell us a little bit about what you do. And and then I, I, and depending on what you say, I might want to get the backstory and how you got into it. But let's start. Let's start there. Yeah, fantastic. Let's start with now, and we can certainly back into how I got here and and uh, and what that all means. Uh, today, literally, in the way that you and I met, I founded and host a podcast I created called the Man of Mastery Podcast. And really, what that's all about is life's self-mastery journey, that journey towards being the best version of ourselves that we can be really in service to something more than just ourselves, something higher, whatever that might mean to you. I'm a husband and I'm a father. So right now at this season of life, what it means to me so much is being a father. What does being the best version of myself mean for being a father with my son that I'm raising? And I'm also a coach in the sense that part of where this has led is the discovery with myself, on myself, with other men that uh, unfortunately there's a, there's, a, there's a crossroad that many of us come to. Sometimes it's early in life and we have clarity. Sometimes it's later in life. And it is, what does success mean? So I, I have been doing a lot of what I've called legacy coaching lately. And I think people use different terms for this or what it might mean to them. But really, to sum it up, it's about men, women, people who have reached a level of success. They've become successful and then kind of stop and look around and go, what does that really mean? And what it's meant in our conversations together has meant really from moving from what they thought was success and successful to being something truly more holistically exceptional. And what that means in the legacy they ultimately leave, but even more importantly, legacy in the sense of how we're living and connecting now. That's great. And and I do want to back up, but I want to ask something real quick on this. That, that How did they, these people, these successful people, because my people are successful too, and they, they sometimes don't even realize there's another level. How do these people, do they, do they wake up one morning and say, hey, I feel empty or how, how does that happen that they go from where they are to wanting something more? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, some, uh, maybe Tony Robbins that said e- either you find inspiration or desperation. There are so many people that hit some level of what was deemed or told or accepted as success. And a lot of times that becomes career position, you know, rank title, financial, 
uh, wealth, building a, a structure like a corporation or organization, and then go like, what does that all mean? <laughs> what does that feel like? Once I get there, and, and there's a sad irony, and I think about this a lot as a parent, is we work very hard because we have a responsibility. We feel a responsibility as providers. But what happens if I spend all of my time out of balance, working, earning, thinking that's in the best interest of raising a son or connecting with my wife or my family, but I've missed all those years and all those hours and the time connecting. So I, I'll, you know, speak a little bit in terms of, of myself. Uh, I'm 49. I, I like to say sometimes I'm damn near 50. <laughs> I, I spent the bulk of my professional career in, uh, in some global organizations in the consulting world. And then a lot of startup organizations, both in consulting and technology and in the energy sector. And I, I came to a place where I started to question not only sort of, you know, where am I headed? Where does this leave me and, and my family? And what does it look like along the path? But I started to question alignment to, to my team, to the people around me. Do we see the world the same way? Are we treating our employees the same way? Are we, do we come to work and show up organizationally as a team as a teammate, the same way that we want to hold ourselves up and the way we, maybe a personal ethos would be a way to describe it. How do we conduct ourselves? So, you know, when I say legacy and I say that it might mean different things to different people, maybe it's for some of us midlife crisis and you start to question, what have I done up until now? How much time do I have left? And what do I want to leave as an impact on the world? Even if you sort of reach a level of success and maybe I'll say it this way, there's a uh, very, very smart guy, I think a PhD, multiple PhD that I had a chance to do some learning from as, as a coach of mine who described people who advance in their careers and become very good at doing things that benefit the organization and they advance and they become potentially very good at being leaders, things that resonate with a team and motivate a team to be synergistically productive in the benefit of the organization and that's great. It's, it leach, reaches a level of greatness. But from what he studied, and there's a lot of science to this, to then, and this doesn't always um, sit with people or, or we don't find it right away, that to truly get from great to exceptional, we have to turn within and work on ourselves to then outwardly show up better, connect better, be better leaders, how we turn out emotionally in our relationships, how we show up and succeed as professionals. And then uh, I hope that's answering some of your questions. Oh, no, yeah, take, yeah. Take, no, I'm just letting it. you go because you're, <laughs> you're going, you're doing great. <laughs> well, I'll take it, take it back to being a father. And I mentioned uh, that a couple of times is take, take one simple tactic or example, something that I've been studying and learning over the last few years in that exercise of how do we get better on ourselves and in ourselves is breathing. Mm. breathing techniques, breathing correctly, breathing mechanics, breathing fundamentals. Simply we all came into this world mechanically breathing correctly. And a lot of us, most of us, maybe all of us have learned some really bad habits because we didn't have anyone telling us this is the correct way to breathe. Why physiologically and, and what that implies in our emotions in controlling or letting that physiology get out of control. And there are a lot of different techniques to use in different situations. So I joked around about being damn near 50. Sometimes I like to say I'm damn near 50 and I'm just learning to breathe. 
Yeah, right. But if I can impart that and other things to my son as he's entering his teenage years, what a leg up on life. Yeah, and and everything you're talking about reminds me of something my coach just said to me on Friday. He said, Tracy, sometimes you've got to slow down to speed up. And I loved that because I do you find that we you know, we're, we're striving for something, but we, we just almost put these blinders on like horse blinders and, and, and like you say, hold our breath and take off. And, and we're just so focused on getting somewhere that we, that we're not even here. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I created my podcast and put this out to the world a couple of years ago, I called it man of mastery, this, this yeah. idea of the mastery journey. And we can explore that if it's useful yeah. to you. But I, I decided to focus on men and, and speaking to men as just something, uh, really, this is a reflection of my own journey to, to learn and to try and apply and then share, share what, what might benefit somebody else. But it is interesting. It's resonated with sort of all ages. Yeah. It surprised me that there's sort of this gap between maybe, you know, teenage young men and maybe midlife, mid-career men, but then sort of that gap in between as well of maybe college age or young professional or the same kind of questions. What does a career mean today? What is this world all about right now? It's a little scary. What's going on? What do I do? Do I follow opportunity or do I follow my passions? And surprisingly, I I think uh, something like, you know, if you look at your statistics, sometimes it's hard to divine what the data is all about, but I think I've got something like a 40% 40% female audience. Right? Oh, wow. That's interesting. awesome. Interesting to me too. But that, that um, the you made a couple points in there I just want to touch on because I love them. One is you said you have a coach. I think I already mentioned having one of many coaches. Yeah. We all need coaches, don't yeah. we? We all grew up oh, familiar yeah. with sports coaches. We've seen the most successful athletes in the world have a team of coaches but for some reason, it seems like particularly in business, we talk about mentoring and mentorship, but we don't really do a very good job of it corporately, in my experience. We sort of forget that we succeed as a team. We forget that we need other perspective and people to call us out on our blind spots. And the other thing that is maybe a wake-up call, to your point of slowing down, maybe this is a little cliche, but I love, I, I always love hearing it, is we'll talk about the difference between being a human being mm-hmm. and a human doing. We're so caught up, certainly in our society, of doing and people who have succeeded so far as doing that in a lot of ways, the path to start to explore yourself and start to question a lot of things that may change your behaviors and your outlook come with slowing down, come with sitting with yourself, finding space, turning off the distractions, breathing, Meditation is a technique. There's so much insight that comes from just sitting and being rather than doing. Why do you think, and I know that the majority of the people you work with have already realized that that's, they need to go in a different direction or, or maybe I'm making an assumption, but I think that the people that, that come and seek you out, they want to go in a different direction. They want to seek some balance, but why is it that or is it that other people don't even realize that that's an option? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And it is one that I, I, I feel like I grapple with every day because if you're doing something you believe in and you're there to serve and you, you want to provide as much value to as many people who might need it as you can, the question always arises, how do I, how do I reach them? How do I get through mm-hmm. to them? And I, I can think of it a couple different ways. One is I, I just spent an amazing weekend. We, we could talk about it if you like with, with my son at, a, at an event specifically designed for fathers and teenage sons, young men to do some hard things together. We spent 12 to 14 hours doing some very uncomfortable things together. Sometimes that was physically uncomfortable. Sometimes it was emotionally uncomfortable, egotistically or egoistically uncomfortable. But we all did that, put ourselves into that, paid a lot of money and invested time with some excellent people to do that in the interest of growth mm-hmm. individually and as, and as pairs. And as it turned out, as a, as a group, a team, now, uh, you know, I walk away after just one day thinking of, of these, these other men as sort of some new brothers, mm-hmm. you know, in a bond. So, you know, in one aspect, just doing something, just getting outside your comfort zone. Maybe your comfort zone is your social circle or what you tend to focus on or learn or listen to or, or consume. You know, there are a lot of ways, I think, to sort of break the mold, break the cycle, find a new perspective, interrupt the, the way you've been doing and looking at things. But I, I do struggle you know, with your question. I'll give you a, an example anonymously of a, of a, of a gentleman, a friend, a uh, someone I know from the working world that I just talked to very recently who we'd been in business together and that failed in a lot of ways. And that same type of failure uh, for him as, as a leader in that role repeated itself. And he was grappling with what happened. And there's, so again, I think we can go back to oftentimes there are, pro, there are catalysts whether it's you know, reaching a point where you look around and go, what happened? Or maybe there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an acute event. Some people run into it in terms of health and mortality. Some people, it might be a, a, an acute career event, as it was in this case. And you go, what just happened? As we talked about it, my question to him really was, do you want to keep doing things the same way? And what do you think will happen if you do? Or would you be willing to try something different? Do you think you're a grown man? Do you think you're ready to grow some more? I'm not sure what his answer is yet. Mm -hmm. Because different is scary, right? Even for a grown man, you know, we we tend to busyness is there's a security in busyness, I believe as a reformed slash reforming workaholic. Right. There's there's a lot of security in, hey, I, I have to work. Right. Right. But then you wake up one day and you realize, just like what you started with, there is no balance. Look at what I'm missing. What's the legacy? Right. You know, sure, there'll be a legacy, but is that the legacy I wanted to leave? Right. 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 It's, it's, I don't know what you call it. I'm sure there are names for this. I'm sure there are scientific names for this. Uh, I'll I'll call it serendipity. Mm. And maybe it comes with proximity. I don't know how the universe works. There's all this energetic stuff and a lot of woo woo that I still don't understand, but, (laughs) but that I now at least accept that I don't understand what I don't understand. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But this, 
the, the word legacy that I used early in our discussion is really, and I said, I, I've seen it called and look like different things with different men and young men, but I, I ended up just settling on that word recently. And then it, it hit me. Oh my gosh. A guy I actually met a business owner through my podcast, who's become a very good friend. He, he, he created a, a company. He makes and sells watches, timepieces, oh. mechanical timepieces, right? Not a smart watch, old oh. school, old yeah, school. Nice. And he has two young boys and his business, his company and brand for him is all about creating a legacy and a timepiece is a great way to pass a legacy physically as a, as a token. I go, oh my gosh, I, I stumbled on this word legacy embodying what it is I've really been doing with these guys. That's what Brian does too. And then my son and I went to this event. I don't know when we'll air this, but as we, as we film here, that was just two days ago. And I didn't know there was a guest speaker coming in. And the guest speaker happens to be a man I met through my podcast. Never oh, met him before wow. in person. Oh my gosh, we got to shake hands and meet in person. And he gave a talk on legacy. Oh, wow. That is so cool. So I think a lot of this is, yeah, are you comfortable? It's easy. There's the trap of comfort. There's a trap of staying busy, but it's worth it's worth, I live, look, you know, I live in San Diego. <laughs> it's it's got to be like 65 degrees and I'm wearing a coat, right? It's easy to get yeah, yeah. soft. <laughs> it's right. easy to get soft when our environment is kind. But what if we're willing to get a little uncomfortable from time to time, even in safe ways, it can still be very scary, but there's so much that comes with that. There's a term for that post-traumatic growth, mm. right? And, and I, I firmly believe because I, from my own experience, not going to recommend anything I haven't done myself. You get out there and do a little bit and it starts to snowball and you start to find yourself around some other amazing people who turn out to be in their own way on a very similar journey. So in a lot of ways, what does it take? I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's just, it's taking a step, being willing to try something new. As you said, maybe do something a little uncomfortable. Is it a, is that a sales phone call that you're scared to make? Is it a crucial conversation with a family member? Mm. Is it putting out a podcast? It could be a scary right. thing going on somebody else's podcast. Give a speech, something most people yeah. are deathly afraid of. Yeah. And what yeah. would that look like on the other side of it? And that's that's where you that's where you can start. Great place to start. Right. Start somewhere. Just start. Start. Make it make a decision. Do something different. I want to go back and talk a little bit more because you and I started we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I want to hear a little bit more about this and this work and the event with your son. I have had so many parents reach out to me and talk about, why don't you do a teen program? Why don't you do a kid's program? Why, you know, this would be so valuable to learn for a 13-year-old or a 17-year-old or maybe, maybe even an eight-year-old. So let's talk about the work that you do and how that could benefit. Why would, why was that so important for your son? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about that. It's great to hear that you get similar questions because I get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. And even not only from, Hey, I'm a parent. How could I do that? How could I provide the opportunity for that with my child? But even as I talk to other, other coaches, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to bring that as well. I have so many clients that 
have the same need. Huh. So there are just so many signs out there for me that, uh, yes, that, that there is an opportunity and a, and a fantastic way to not only think about ourselves, but think about the next generation, uh-huh. next couple generations of, of leaders. So what does that look like? For me, I started working primarily in, in a coaching capacity with men as doors opened through through the podcast and taking that first step and getting things out yeah. there and sharing some things about myself or that I'd tried and what worked and what was uncomfortable. Likewise, still father and started doing things with my son. In fact, pulling him into some of those things. I took him to an all adult event where he was the only he was the only young man there. So here's here's a great example. Um, finding your voice. Right. What What is it? How, how do you literally show up with your voice as a leader? Particularly, what does that look like if you are a young man, 12 years old, and you're suddenly called upon to lead a group of 20 or 30 adults and do it in a clear, uh, commanding and in terms of uh, a leadership uh, sort of projection? How do you how do you do this vocally? Uh, in terms of body language, in terms of just being effective in being a leader to a successful team. So this is what this looked like. This was an exercise. It was, it was, it was an experiential event. So some of this is sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. Some of it was getting a little dirty and gritty. Mm-hmm. So what this looked like was a group of people. We were taken out to the beach for a few hours here in San Diego. And uh, the group of this adults, plus my son who, who joined uh, the event, only, only, only young man there, young man or woman there. And, uh, we were, if you know what a burpee is, um, mm-hmm. burpee is the worst form of exercise ever invented, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so great. So terrible. And so great. So we were all instructed to line up as a team, a straight line in the pounding surf and do burpees there in the surf zone. So you're in the cold water, the waves are splashing, you're sandy, you're wet, your face is down in the in the sandy, you know, sort of mud, and you're doing this really sucky exercise. But it wasn't the instructors screaming at you with a bullhorn telling you to do something. They called upon different people to take turns leading. And so there was this was a process of sometimes we have to lead, sometimes we have to follow. And so my son was was called up there and I've got the video gives me goosebumps to watch because he had learned to project his voice, particularly when there's pounding surf, right? Check the team visually that they're receiving his vocal instructions before anything started, let them know that he was going to demonstrate what he wanted from them and how, and how we were going to work together as a team. Ask if there were any questions before we were called upon to begin led them, us, repetition by repetition, and in the process, looked around to see what pace everybody was going at. And we worked, he worked us at the pace of the slowest person so we could stay together as a team and encouraged us along the way. So, gosh, what a simple example. I call it, um, uh, it is uh, integrated training because we're doing something that's, simple. It's a simple movement. It's not easy to do, but there's so much packed in there. And it was a great way for somebody to step up, find their voice. And it's a risk-free environment to learn how to lead. So then take that back to other leadership opportunities in life. That's amazing. That is really cool. And I love the, that you said it was really simple. 
and and not to derail off of this because I just love talking about the creating these opportunities for young people because so much has changed in our world since you and you know you and I were their age but I love that you said simple and I think there's so much merit to revisiting simple we we I feel like we got so complex somewhere along the way with maybe with all the smartphones and tech, you know, I don't know, but I, I personally have felt this desire to return to simple. Right. Right. I, I, I'm with you. That really resonates. It's tough. You know, there's a lot of science and money and design to Mm -hmm. capturing our attention in a, in a noisy world. That's only getting noisier. And so there's literally a, a, physically and psychologically addictive nature to things like our smartphones and, and the things on there that, that want to capture our attention. So that's, t- it's a tough cycle to break, mm-hmm. but spinning on those things, it keeps us from finding that quieter space of introspection or maybe developing our passions or figuring out what our pursuit in life uh, maybe ought to be. So the, yeah, that opportunity, I think that's there is so largely unmet, un, un, unfilled yet of not only how do we make better adults right now, but how do we make better future adults or young adults? And I was really happy. I stumbled across the event we went to by way of, it, it happened organically. The, the man whose organization led it did something with his son that others kind of went, wow, do you think you could do that for us? Oh, wow. And then he did. And I heard about it from a friend who attended that. And so this is the second time he did it. When I saw it pop up, boom, I'm in. Yeah. I go, well, should we jump on a call? And I said, no, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And the other guys were kind of the same way. And everybody showed up in a different place. You know, am Mm -hmm. I I excited or am I comfortable, uncomfortable? You know, some of the boys were pumped. Some of them like, well, my dad told me I have to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... But the organization that, that put it on took all the, you know, after we covered costs of, of meals and whatever, they were all volunteers hmm. and everything that uh, financially that came out of it, they, they donated to a, a charity that they sponsor. Wow. So this truly was not only benefiting a charity, but benefiting these, these young men. And I, I uh, to, to their credit, I don't need to, you know, dig too much behind the curtain here, but when I found out what these guys were doing and I had jumped right in, something along the way suddenly concerned me. Hey, wait a minute. I, I'm kind of envisioning and have done and want to continue to do some things that are sort of similar to this. I want to make sure that's not a frictional point with these guys. Mm. You know, would there be a feeling that I'm encroaching on their turf? Mm. I mean, they're, they're massive, so I'm tiny compared to them, but just to be completely forthright. So I approached them with that conversation. Hey, here's what I do as a coach with men. Here's what I do with my son and other young teenagers and what I've done and want to continue to do and father son experiences. Are we cool? <laughs> right. Um, I, I hope so because my view is there's such a need and from a perspective of abundance, it would be great if we found ways to work together in the future, but at a minimum, it's so unmet that there's more than enough opportunity to help. And uh, I was so excited not only to attend, but they came back and said, absolutely. Oh, come, great. come on up. And not only that, how can we support you in what you're doing? 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And there, there is such a need. I just know there's such a need for what you're talking about and, and for voice and speaking and, and all of that. Something you said, I wanted to go back and, and make a, ask a question because I want to hear what you have to say. I think it's valuable for my audience to hear based on this conversation that we're having. You said everybody showed up in a different place. And I, I, want, to, I want to hear you talk about, is that okay for everybody to show up in a different place. Because I think that that can be, we live in such a world of comparison that I sometimes feel like people can go into this, well, I'm not really as good as they are. Or I'm, I'm not really at that place. So I wanna hear what you have to say about that. Sure, that's, that's uh, th- there's a lot we could unpack there and, and I'll try to go pretty quickly but as you know like i get i get passionate about this stuff and i could keep going so you cut me off or steer me whatever best okay. suits you okay. and, and your audience i mean when we say show up and show up in different ways so one thing i would acknowledge is as we start to do something something like that or we start to work on ourselves in different ways in fact this came up in conversation at the event somebody asked a question one of the one of the dads how do i go back and talk about this with other people or at home. And I don't know who to credit this concept to called the 20 point gap that the coach mentioned, but it was a concept, I think, based off of IQ, right? Of people who have more than a 20 point gap in IQ are going to have trouble relating and communicating. And either there's incompatibility or you got to find a way to close the gap. And so he related that to this maybe EQ gap or this experiential gap yeah. mm-hmm. that you can't just assume that it's going to sink in with somebody else. There, there's value not only to the experience, but then going back and unpacking it and communicating about it and exploring that over a period of time, maybe with other family members. So I guess one thing I would say going in is just, you can't just charge ahead in life when really we are pack animals. You know, you have a team, mm-hmm. your business team, your family team, you got to look around just like those surf zone burpees and make sure that you're together with the rest of the team. And sometimes you just got to go back and meet somebody where they are. It doesn't mean if they're working on something, you've sort of turned the corner on yourself that you've got to regress, but you got to remember where you were, or you got to recognize where they are and work from that point. It goes back to just start. Great. I respect that they're going to just start. I'm getting ready to train for uh, another few uh, long running distance races this year. And I've got a couple teammates that have signed up to do it with me. One guy is an ex uh, big bulky football player. He's not a runner. So he and I are starting from different places in training for the same event. We're going to do step-by-step together. It's a simple example, Mm -hmm. but showing up to something like that, that, you know, is going to get a little uncomfortable. And there were, it was a physical event. So there were, you know, these are physical tools that integrated training again, It's kind of like the running example. People are going to show up in different places with different strengths and weaknesses. And that's normal. It's natural. It's okay. I, I do struggle with it too. And I'll give you, you know, in transparency and vulnerability, here's, here's my example. I even shared this this weekend. As I said, growing up, I grew up playing soccer initially, team sport. And then I migrated into singles tennis. And and I think back to that often and, and recently more frequently because I've been challenging myself with some different, harder 
weird. My wife sometimes says, you're not quite right. Things. <laughs> and I commented to a coach, you know, I can go do something long and um, sucky. <laughs> so mm. I'll call it sucky. Uh, Embrace the Suck is a, is a book mm -hmm. a friend of mine and, and guest recently wrote. So I can go out and do these long, tough things myself. And I, I, I just, I work through them. doesn't matter how slow I go. I don't, you know, I don't quit. I, I'll get there. Somehow I have, I have that in me, but if I'm doing something equally hard with a group, all kind of stuff starts to happen for me. Wait a minute. I'm the slowest guy here. Mm. I'm letting the team down. I'm holding them back. Hmm. Can I do this? Maybe I'm not capable of this. Maybe I'm not suited for the team. And we saw some of that in this, this event with the boys on the weekend, you know, uh, some boys are going to be stronger physically. They're more developed, stronger. Some boys are going to be better runners. Uh, my son in the event we did back in September, there was an ice bath involved. And if you ever jumped in an ice bath, all kinds of things start happening in your mind and in your body. And, and there's a real fight or flight natural response. And so it's an amazing it's an amazing teaching and learning tool. And he had, he struggled with it in September. And so we came back in with an opportunity to, to this weekend, but the tubs were out there all day. So you're looking at it and you're getting in your own head and you're thinking about it. Right. And to see all the fathers and see all the, the young men go, it was a big enough tub that we went, each of us went in oh, together okay. with our sons. So we could, we could communicate. We could look mm -hmm. at each other in the mm -hmm. eyes and support each other through it. So it was cool. You know, ice bath is a great example. Everybody's going to show up with different baggage about the ice bath, mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. experience or inexperience, different fears and different responses. And all that is so perfectly natural and okay. I, I saw that picture of the ice bath with the timer in it on your website. And I had that on my list to, to, <laughs> there must be some some something very powerful that comes out of that because I have seen a lot about that. I've heard a lot about that. It must be an incredible experience. I highly recommend it. I think you saw, so we did three minutes minimum each in the ice mm -hmm. bath and it was at about 31 degrees. I think it was what that thermometer was showing, 31 and a half degrees. It's shockingly cold. Yeah. And so it does affect your body right away. And it does affect your breathing and your psychology of like, you just want to spring up out of that thing and run for survival for life. Huh. And so I mentioned breath earlier. It's an opportunity to start to control your breathing, which will start to control your physiological response, which can help to then control and moderate your emotional response. So my son took a journey from uh, tears to anger, to letting that fire out, to finding calm and finding his breath wow. and finding his way through it. But just think about the, all these things. And I like to, you know, I like to do Spartan races. We've mm -hmm. talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the medals are, are up here on a board that my wife made for me for Christmas. Those obstacles in that type of event, like an ice bath, they're just metaphors for life. Mm -hmm. So if you can control your mind and your body in something shocking, like 31 and a half degrees for three minutes, 
could you do a better job of controlling yourself next time somebody cuts you off in traffic and what mm-hmm. tool you go back to? Could you do a better job of switching gears from work to home, leave those things behind and show up as the, as the partner or parent that you want to, or next time you get triggered by a family member at Thanksgiving dinner or in an argument with somebody, could you take a breath and control yourself a little bit differently? Yeah. Seems like maybe we need those things now more than ever in the, this, this world that we live in where there's so many challenges and changes and uh, that have happened in the last year and who knows how it's all going to shake out. So it seems like there's more value to what you do than ever before. And there was always value, but it seems like even more than ever. I, I, I do truly think so. Yeah. I, I don't know if it makes sense to say I like to think so because I'm not sure I wish that to be mm-hmm. the case, but mm-hmm. I, I would, uh, we, we all got to share a, a, a piece of advice at the end of the day for each of the young men. And, and mine was really on that theme is, and I think there are lots, lots of uh, amazing people who've said similar things to this over the years. Bruce Lee is one, but it's along the lines of, you know, do we wish for hard or do we wish for easy? Because mm-hmm. we can go in wishing that tough things and chaotic things and change and these things didn't happen. Or we can recognize that life throws us curveballs and not only expect that, but start to develop a mindset that welcomes it, embraces it and realizes that it's an opportunity to, to grow from it. Certainly we need these things more than ever. And not, this is not a political statement, but unfortunately we're now in a very Mm -hmm. polarized world. It seems like to your point of, can we, can we respect each other enough to, to meet wherever we're at, to start where we're from? Yeah, that, that, that embodies respecting that there is so much richness and diversity. You know, well, yeah. And learning from each other. Why, yeah. why shouldn't we? Well, it's critical. It's critical. And, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm sure you remember I remember days of discord. We could have totally, you know, we could sit and have a conversation and you could be such the polar opposite of me, but we could stand up and shake hands and still be friends. And so it's, it seems critical for our existence. I mean, not to be dramatic, but it is kind of dramatic. I think. I don't know who it is that said that, that none of us is smarter than all of us. Right. Right. The collective wisdom. Uh, it's not right that racial, ethnic, gender, et cetera, mm-hmm. differences have been um, a negative thing in the past in terms of being used, being discriminated flat out. That's, that's wrong. Right. But the fact is there are differences in the world, tall, short, you know, polarity yeah. is a natural yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Those differences, we can't imagine them away. We can't legislate them away. Right. Let's, let's celebrate them. Yeah. Let's embrace them. Le- and learn from them. And learn. Oh from my them. gosh. If everybody's exactly the same, how do I learn? How do I grow? How do I improve? How do I change? But given the opportunity, of course I will. You, uh, when you were talking about the, the experience with your son, I, I, I heard you talking about teams. And I just wanted to check in on this because it made me think how much harder it must be to check in on the team in the virtual world that we've had to live in. 
for the last year for kids and adults and coaches and companies. Is that a, is that a correct assumption that it becomes even even harder with what the place we've been in the last year doing? I mean, for my, and everybody's not virtual, but right. most people are. Right. Yeah. Work-wise, school-wise. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It does present so many more challenges or challenges maybe to the model that we were working with before. Mm-hmm. It also presents some opportunities. You know, can we pivot into communicating in a new way, uh, interacting in a new way? I, we've ended up on a, a group just organically formed to do workouts together on Zoom calls. Oh, and we're cool. connecting. It's created a community around that that was sort of amazing. But to, uh, to that point, and, and I think a couple things we touched on, I'm glad you brought it back up as it comes to teams, whatever teams might look like in person, virtual. One is, yes, we have to figure out how to navigate it and navigate it as effectively and supportively as possible. But there's such an important aspect of accountability that comes with teams. Okay, you know, a coach is a, one, is, is a form of accountability. But, I mean, what an amazing way to be accountable with a team, with, with a peer group, with a hierarchy, with people who are going to call you out if you don't show up as you, yeah. as, you, as you committed to them, that you would be, that you would be and would do. And to the point of what the world looks like right now and, and things like how timely is it for something like a father son teen experience or uh, i don't know what else this might look like father daughter mom, mother mm-hmm. daughter right mm-hmm. how it might look to work now more than ever with our our young adults we our family we love to travel internationally because mm-hmm. that's a form of mm-hmm. changing your perspective mm-hmm. and learning something new and different and coming home with an appreciation for all of it some things i liked some things i'm happy to be home and have it the way i'm comfortable mm-hmm. with but that's kind of off the table or it was in 2020. We didn't get to do a whole lot of that. And so in terms of the richness of life, to me, it's experiences and it's people and relationships. So where are we going to put that time and the money we would have spent maybe on an international trip? Well, great. We can go do some of these educational experiential events. Yeah. Right. That's something to kind of pivot to that people might want to think about uh, when they maybe can't exercise it the way that they have in the past. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I know I'm going to run out of time here pretty soon with you. And I I mentioned this. I can't remember if I mentioned it before we started or after we started. But something really struck me on your website as I was as I was reading some of your some of your articles and things. You said it's time for a change because we have veered off course. And that really resonated with me. So I want you to talk about what that means and, and, and how we can get back on course. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It's been a little while since I wrote that. And I imagine that in the last couple of years, the world has drastically evolved. And I'd probably have some slightly different things to say about that now and, and probably some additional things. Mm-hmm. But the way I think I meant it at the time, and this largely still applies, is we think about it back to where we started. If someone, I, someone else has reached maybe a point in their life where they're 
questioning, was this the right path? Was I on it with the right people? You know, were those business partners the right fit? Was I right fit for them? Right. Let's take accountability. All starts with ourselves. Right. Was I on the right team? Did I put myself on the right team? If you reach that kind of crossroads, then yeah, what, what path are you on? And what path are we collectively on as a country, society, community, world, universe, what, however you think of it? Yeah. If we've gotten just consumed by that busyness that you mentioned, you know, where does that lead our focus? Where does it leave our values? How does it leave us interacting with each other? How do we support each other? How do we appreciate and celebrate each other? Do we, do we, do we want to grow? Do we want to learn? And who do we learn from? You know, is it okay just to, we're in the virtual world right now, but is it okay just to ship our kids off to school? Is it a, is it a, is it a learning institute or is it a, is it a babysitter, right? Who are we learning from? Right. Is it people with real world experience? And is it the right experience? So I, I, I think that question and what I wrote about at the time probably meant something to the me two years ago, a little differently than it does to the me now. And it, it's probably a question that everybody could sit with for themselves and maybe think about a little differently. What path are we on and what path do, should we be on? And I, I would propose, well, we talked about finding some quiet space and introspection and working on ourselves first, that when you can start to find that space, that's really what it takes, is creating a practice to create a little bit of space and a little bit of time for perspective, for introspection. We might find that we'd like to conduct ourselves a little bit differently. We'd like to find a different balance ourselves. We'd like to maybe reset the metrics for what we call successful individually and then as a parent and then as a family. And then we extend back to what are, what are the things we're struggling with in this country right now? How do we want to raise, how do we want to conduct ourselves right now and, and figure out how to make this thing work? Yeah. But even more importantly, what do we do about our future, our young men and women, our future leaders and what course what have we done wrong that we ought to learn from or could do better? What are those lessons we want them to find a path uh, with and on? I love that. And I love especially, the shocking thing might be, I love especially what have we done wrong? Not that we have to beat ourselves up, but I think we have, if we really want to, this is me personally talking, I think it's, it's so critical to take radical responsibility for our actions. And sometimes we don't want to do that, right? It's, it's really easy to make it somebody else's fault. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What does that, what does that mean when you take accountability? That's, that's hard to step up, be an, be an adult, say I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. That's, that's on me. Yeah. My bad. Right. What is it? Right. It's, it's not easy because then you got to start to question, well, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? That's it. Why did I say what I said? Or why did I not say something that maybe I should have? And can we respect each other enough to tell each other the hard truth, even when yeah. it's uncomfortable to say or, or to hear? Yeah. It's always about what's behind it. As far as I'm concerned, you, this is what you did. This is what you said, but, but the why I think is critical. And that's what we have to go seeking. 
I think. I was, uh, the, 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 I'll refer back one more time to the event that I was just on. We, we, the man, they, they separated us from time to time and they brought us back together as fathers and sons from time to time. The men, adult men were out on a uh, hike for a while and we were given some heavy stuff to carry up and down these hills. And we were all, we were on our way back down the hill when I realized one of the things we were carrying were sandbags. And I realized they had a, um, they had a tag on them that stated the weight of the sandbag in pounds. And, and I noticed after all this time hiking that, Oh my gosh, this, uh, this guy in front of me, his sandbag is 10 or 20 pounds heavier than mine. Oh, interesting. I hadn't realized that we had different bags. Huh. And in my mind, I said, you know, I, I should offer to carry his bag. Let's switch off for a while. But you know what? We're downhill now. <laughs> it's the easy part. We're almost done. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Mm-hmm. But then I said, you know what? I, I need to say what I need to say. It doesn't matter right. if he accepts the help or doesn't. And it doesn't matter that we're going downhill and we're almost done. So I said, hey, Chris, my bad. I just noticed. Poor attention to detail on my part. I just noticed we have different weight sandbags and yours is a lot heavier than mine. Can I help you out? Would you like to switch for a while? I know we're going downhill, but can, can I help you out? And he said, yeah, no, no worries. Like <laughs> I'm getting a great workout here. I'm enjoying it, but thank you for offering. Yeah. And so I could have just said nothing. That's, right. that's easier, but needed to do what I felt like I needed to do for my teammate. And you could use that for uh, as an analogy for a lot of things in life. Well, I'm thinking about my audience, that that's one of their biggest challenges for, for not for all of them, but for many of them is I just won't say anything. Mm. I just won't say anything. I mean, that's why so many people are here, because they don't have the inner freedom to do exactly what you just said, because it's just terrifying to them right? because of their voice stories. So, so valuable. And, and the thing that we fear is going to happen doesn't happen. Right. 99.9% of the time, I think, right? Right. Am I going to die in that ice bath? Right. Exactly. Feels like I'm going to. Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm going to. Right. Is that but conversation going to wreck our relationship? Mm-hmm. Feels like it might. Right. Right. Well, I know I'm going to have to let you go. I I think we're going to have to have you back. We'll have to have part two because there's still so much to talk about. You just bring so much great stuff to the table. But there's so I would love to if this serves your audience well. I know we're both tight on time today, but I would I would love to come back. I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about, and you've got it's such a great intersection with what you have from the inner inner voice out and some of the Mm -hmm. outward experiences I've been using to sort of get back in. Totally. Totally. Now tell us, uh, tell us how people work with you. You have groups. Do you have group? No, solo, solo coaching. Both. Remind. It's both. Okay. It's both. It's both. So yeah, we, we have the podcast right now and I've sure. been hinting on the podcast, which you can find at uh, any major podcast outlet or easiest thing might just be to go to the website, which is man of mastery, M A S T E R Y, not, not mystery mastery.com. <laughs> and you can find links to everything there. Uh, on Instagram and on Facebook at the man of mastery. So you can tune into the podcast and I've been hinting through those channels that other things are coming this year, specifically that vision of creating some experiential father son events. I do currently work 
with adult men, uh, one-on-one coaching, and I'm forming some groups as well to do that crews so that there's a different dynamic there when you're, when you're being coached up and then coaching each other and holding each other accountable as teams. So important, especially we do this whole new year resolution thing, right? Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, right now the teens that I'm working with are just a small group. I'm sort of testing that out through my, my son and, and he plays club soccer. So it's sort of, how do we teach these lessons delivered through the metaphor, the mechanism of competitive oh, sports. Okay. Cool. So that's the platform right now here, just, just locally and hopefully more to come on that this year, but a couple other things. And thank you for offering the chance to just mention these to folks. Uh, one, you know, check out the podcast. If this is kind of the stuff you love to dig into, fantastic. Always feel free to reach out social media. My email's up on the website. Also on the website, there are links. There's a link to a public Facebook group. There's also a link for men to a private Facebook group where we can interact and trade ideas and advice a little more um, selectively uh, without that fear of sort of saying something that the world might pounce on, right? We can mm-hmm. maybe open up a little bit more. And then I am, there are a couple of links on the website now, uh, pre-registering to some things I'm launching here at the end of January. And I'm not quite sure what that might look like yet. It's going to be 30 days of getting folks started right this year that are interested in the style of, of what I've talked about that I'm doing. That might look like something more email-based. It might look like something more webinar, Zoom call, interactive, YouTube-based. Kind of putting some, uh, okay. I've got the content and now I'm yeah. sort of talking to people about the right delivery mechanism. So all that is, is up there and, and available and hopefully a lot more to come this year. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got some amazing stuff going on. So everybody needs to check that out. Keep an eye on what you're doing because it sounds like you're going to keep rolling out some really good stuff. Thank you so much. It's, uh, you know, it's an amazing opportunity. Uh, Again, I think as you and I recognize today, there's there's so much out there and there's so Mm -hmm. many ways to take people to that, that next level, help them get themselves there and and everybody and everything around them as as a product of it. So I really appreciate the time to come on and connect with you again today and share a little bit of that with your audience. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and for giving us so much value today. Thank you, listeners. As always, I appreciate you so much, but I'm going to wrap it up. And until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 